Hello, welcome to a very special episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with Eric Smith, the Vikings.com, and a Vikings Entertainment host, Gabe Henderson. I'm sure you know these folks. Um, guys, last year we got together and we did our very first ever draft sim the vikings we'll call it the vikings entertainment draft sim and so it's time and i would have waited a little closer to the draft but eric's wife is going to have a baby so we needed to really do this now so congratulations to you eric and and welcome guys thanks for coming on thank you thank you yeah i appreciate it matt um i'm on a time crunch right now so uh we are three weeks away from our due date so could be any day could be tomorrow could be uh the, the night of round one I just don't know. Yeah, every time I talk to Eric, the first question I ask is, "Does he have his backs back yet?" And I think he said, "Yeah, he exactly yes." He says he has his backs back, so he's good to go. That's great, and uh, I guess the baby gets named after whoever is taken first by the Vikings. That's how you make the decision. It's easy now; you don't have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> so, before we get into the draft simming, we'll do three rounds. We'll each pick different players, and then we'll talk about the ideas behind them. But I just want to know what you guys think is left to do on the slate for the Vikings offseason. Uh, I wrote a piece for our website where I looked at some of the remaining free agents and. I mean, there's still people out there. And what we know is that they've been willing to move around cap space and money. So maybe you can each, uh, if you want to start, Eric, give me an opinion on what you think is left to do to fill out the rest of this roster and free agency. Not much, I would say. Um, you know, the team has made a lot of moves so far. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it a lot. We've talked about it at VEN. Um, they're, they're kind of running it back, right? They're they're bringing back the core, essentially everyone from last year, Um that group is coming back. They've added some new pieces, right? And Harrison Phillips and Zadarius Smith and all those guys. But in terms of what's next, I think maybe a veteran safety is a possibility. Um, but even then, that's not for sure because Cam Bynum could be the guy next to Harrison Smith going forward. So, you know, I honestly don't know. I, honestly, what's next is the draft, I think, is really because – the team doesn't have a, a bunch of money left to spend. Um, they have re restructured some contracts, re reworked some contracts. Um, and the team sort of is what it is right now. Um, so, yeah, I think next step is probably the draft. I can't really think of any position off the top of my head that they need to just get. A and Eric zoinks out. As, as <laughs> I just actually closed him out when he said they should sign no more free agents. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Gabe? Yeah, I, I'm glad you shut him out when he said that too. Because uh, <laughs> now I'm joking, but I, I do think there 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 is a, a you know a couple of safeties out there that I think the Vikings can or, or should possibly target. There's a the Landon Collins of the world. I mean, there's some veteran cornerbacks out there um, that could add some some depth and presence for their secondary unit. I mean, you, you got two corner Bryce Callahan, Kendall Fuller, who was under the um, Ed Donatel scheme last year in in, in um, Denver. So. Those guys are pretty much the, the two that stand out to me. I'm interested to see if the Vikings will, will go after a tight end. I'm an extra tight end in the draft. I'm mean, not the draft, but the um, free agency. You got Michael Pruitt from Tennessee. That's you know still uh, not a young guy, but is a seasoned veteran that can that can make some plays. So the, the the holes are starting to be filled as far as you know a pass rusher or a cornerback or you know offensive guard, but. I do think you can add to more depth at positions, and I think cornerback and safety are two that, that really stand out to me. 
Let me throw one out there, and Eric is back. I didn't actually shut him off for saying they shouldn't sign anyone else. Um, but <laughs> the, along the defensive line, you know, where Quasi Adafo Mensa was before, which is Cleveland, and then even before that, San Francisco, they seem to always feel like you remember how Mike Zimmer felt like you can never have too many corners. They felt like you can never have too many rushers. So I was looking at guys like Melvin Ingram or Calais yeah. Campbell, if he's not returning to the Ravens, I think if you're going to give yourself a, a chance in the secondary, you have to create the pass rush. And Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith have both had the injury issues in the past. It feels like, um, you know, one more defensive lineman, one more veteran pass rusher might not be a bad idea. Another guy, um, and you remember this from 2018, Eric, this name is uh, Jerry Hughes, who individually mm. destroyed the Minnesota Vikings in that game against Buffalo. But Hughes is one of those guys who's going to be 34, but still had very good pressure numbers last season. So what do you guys think of like adding to the depth of the defensive line? Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I think Justin Houston is also available. You know, he's, he's been in a 3-4 system. Um, yeah, I think that's a possibility because if we, if we look at Hunter and Smith, when they're on and they're healthy, they're both really good players. But there are question marks with both of them, just given the the injury, the the nature of their injury history the last year or two. Um, and you're right, maybe it's better to have three or four veteran guys. You can kind of rotate them or mix them around. Like Smith, obviously, he doesn't have to line up at the outside linebacker spot every play. You know, he his uh, versatility had really been on display with Green Bay and. You know, Mike Smith and Mike, Pet- Mike Pettin are um, really going to hone in on that, too. So what if Smith kind of moves inside or moves around? And then on the outside, on, on third down, let's say you have Hunter and, and Justin Houston, right? Or Hughes or, or, or some other veteran like that. Um, yeah, I think, I think that could be a possibility for sure. Yeah, and I mean, that's a really good point. Justin Houston is a guy, like Eric said, is getting up there in age but still can make plays. I just remember game planning for him last year. He was their leading sack uh, the Baltimore Ravens leading uh, sack leader um, when we were playing them. And he he was a presence on film. And like, granted, you, you probably don't game plan for him as much as you will, like a Daniel Hunter or Zadarius Smith, but having that depth also helps. And I think a guy that not a lot of people are talking about is Jason Pierre-Paul. He's had 40, over 40 sacks in his past five seasons. Granted, last year wasn't the best year, but that's that's quality depth right there. That's that's veteran presence. That's a a guy that has played in the Super Bowl, played with really good defenses, understands his role, and it maybe could be a lot cheaper if you continue to wait it out to see where he's going to go. So there's a few guys that you can add there, but having added a veteran a veteran pass rusher, like you said, you can never have too many of those guys. So I, I'll never say no to that, especially when you you have a secondary like the Vikings that's still trying to figure it out. Let me ask you one more question before we draft him. Last year's draft class, uh, really only Christian Derrissaw got a, a chance to make a difference outside of Kenny Wongwu as a kick returner. But we see this every year where somebody from the previous draft class takes a step forward in the following season. That was K.J. Osborne. Um, eventually, Tyler Conklin kind of became that guy and showed that he could play in either year two or year three. Who from last year's draft class do you guys think has a chance to take the biggest step forward this year? Yeah, I'll give you two names. I'll give you two names. Um, I mentioned one earlier in Bynum, just because right now he's probably the most likely internal candidate to start at safety, like I said, next to Harrison Smith. Uh, the other safeties on the roster, I think, are Josh Metellus and Miles Dorn, and neither of them have ever started a game before. So as it stands right now, Bynum is probably the starter next to Harry. Um, but again, that could change in the draft. Um, 
if, like I said, if a veteran free agent safety kind of becomes available uh, and is a good fit. Um, but the other guy I'm going to give you is really off the radar, and that and you mentioned Conklin, um, maybe Zach Davidson, the tight end, and that's just because there's an opening for him if he wants to take it. With, with Conklin gone now to the Jets, we know Irv is coming back, but he's going to be, be worked in slowly, I think, as he kind of comes back from that meniscus injury. So other than that, I think you have Johnny Munt, and that, that might be about it on the tight end room. There's probably a guy or two I'm forgetting, but the door is open for Zach Davison to be tight end two, tight end three, if he can step up. And, and he has to step up because I think we can all agree, you know, coming from a D2 school, he looked a little bit lost last year in, in mm-hmm. off-season program and in camp. You know, hopefully a year on the practice squad helped him, helped his development. Um, you know, no pressure with that. Kind of grow at your own pace. You didn't have to worry about playing on Sundays. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Davidson. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're Zach Davidson and you're 6'7 and you run a 4'5, there, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to make plays. So, like Eric said, the opportunity is there for him to compete for. It's up to him whether he wants it or not. I've, I've seen him in the building pretty much every day this entire offseason. So that says a lot about his mindset, what he's trying to do to, to be able to win that job. And Johnny Mutton hasn't really proved himself either. I mean, he's only got, what, one or two catches. So there, there's an opportunity there. Maybe the Vikings draft a, another tight end. But I'm going to go with two other guys. First, Amir, Amir Smith-Marset, the way he splashed onto the scene uh, towards the end of last year, he, it's, it's only right that he makes another step in his career. And with the offense that likes to throw the ball, you know we're going to be uh, spread out a lot, a lot of 11 personnel, which is taking one t- taking a, a fullback out of the offense and putting a receiver there. So th- him and Amir Smith, him and K.J. Osborne may have to fight for that that slot receiver, but there's going to be a lot of four wide. So there's going to be opportunity opportunities for him to make plays there. And then I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball, a guy similar to Eric that didn't make any plays last year, didn't really do much, is Janarius Robinson. Um, a guy that's 6'5", very long, ran a 4'6", um, got hurt in the preseason. So he had a year under his belt to to gain weight, to figure out the the NFL, the, the business, how he needs to take care of his body. And you, you team that up with um, a, a legit pass rushing coach and then learning from Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, I, I think he's poised to make a, a big step in his career next year also. It feels like somebody, if they don't sign uh, our suggested free agents, somebody is going to step up. It's just uh, that's sort of another one of those battles that we're going to be looking for down the road when we get to training camp. I'm not ready for that conversation yet, but it will come up of, you know, you got Kenny Willekes, James Robinson, Patrick Jones, like they've been drafting these guys. And so somebody has to emerge as a rotational rusher and you know show something for the future because, uh, you know, Zedarius Smith is up there in age and his contract isn't that long. And we don't know what the situation is with Daniil Hunter. And it seems like every team is running five, six, seven guys uh, in rotations on the defensive line. So who's going to step up in recent years? We haven't seen too many people do it. Um, Janaris Robinson is in the mix for someone who, you know, will be watching for sure. All right. Uh, let's draft him. Let's let's freaking draft him. I feel like you guys are like a like a three out of ten energy right now. <laughs> Once we start draft simming, it's, it's going to fire up. So do 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 do. Let's do some draft simming. Let's draft sim. All right, 
Okay, let's start. Let's start with this. You guys got your. Are you using the the PFF simulator or your simulator yeah. of choice? Yeah, okay. PFF. Right. So, okay. so how how slow to fast do you go? Are you like right in between, or you go like really fast or really slow when it comes to your simulator? Super fast. Just really right fast. Oh, wow. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got when, no time when, to wait. When, when Gabe, like I don't know how many you, you do a day, but I'm sure Matt does maybe about thirty a day. I'm about fifteen. <laughs> I don't have time to wait. Like, let's just get to Big Twelve and let's go. But how, how do you know if you can trade up? That's the thing. Like, I need to see what oh. people are picking. Okay, well, I know the the Green Bay – well, not Green Bay Packers, but the Falcons need a tight end or a running back. Okay, where well, they're not going to pick – so I, I like to take my time, but I'll go faster there. Okay, that's a, fair enough if you're trying to make trades to trade up. Uh, in, in this situation, I try to do my trades beforehand and then, okay. you know, go after that. But, uh, I, I mean, I know Eric's been doing them. Even when I was doing jury duty weeks ago, <laughs> Eric is texting me, hey, hey, in the middle of the trial, while you're deciding guilty or not guilty, here's a draft sim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep you entertained. <laughs> I was not all that entertained by – well, no, your draft sim I was, but uh, by uh, being a juror. But anyway – uh, so let's just talk about the, the very top. Here's how mine plays out. Uh, it's Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, Kayvon Thibodeau, and then Sauce Gardner, the top four picks. And then Iki uh, Aquanu are the top five picks on mine. I feel like at this point, like, do you guys believe pre-draft smoke screeny buzz? Cause I feel like there are teams that want Kyle Hamilton and Kayvon Thibodeau to drop. And that's why we're having these conversations about if Kayvon Thibodeau is too confident, which I always thought for an edge rusher might be fine. And uh, if Kyle Hamilton is too slow because scouts said he ran a certain 40, like I, I feel, I still feel like both of these guys are going to go super high. Is that how it played out? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton went number one in my draft. To oh, the Jaguars. Wow. And Kayvon Thibodeau went two, Aiden Hutchinson went three, and Ahmad Gardner, well, Sauce Gardner went four. So those four, I feel like, are, are kind of interchangeable there. But I was surprised to see Kyle Hamilton go number one overall. Uh, Hamilton went second for me. So Hutchinson went one, uh, Hamilton two, Aquanu three, and Thibodeau four. Mm. I feel like uh, with Hamilton, the big question is whether teams are thinking that that position just isn't worth taking that high. Um, but I and I don't I don't know. Like safety is a very tricky one to put positional value on because if you have great ones, we've seen it right here with Harrison Smith. What the impact can be. Uh, I want to Gabe get your opinion on my draft sim before we get to our picks for the Vikings because it has Malik Willis, Liberty <laughs> quarterback. Going to Washington, and of course, you went to Liberty as well. Um, first, did you ever dream that you would see a Liberty quarterback in the first round? But second, Washington, not exactly a place that you want your what? Are you, what is Liberty? The Liberty Liberty Flames. Oh, the Flames. Oh, okay, your okay. your fellow Flame. Uh, <laughs> did you want to? See, you don't want to see him in Washington? I don't. Think. No, I, that that is that in Detroit are the the last two teams or the only two teams that I do not want to see him a part of their franchise. Um, granted, I'm not making the, the picks, but as far as like longevity and understanding that we went to, went to the same alma mater, I'm like, dude, just go somewhere where either you can learn for a year or you can play right away and play under a, a really good O-line and, and have a, a solid career. But to your question of, did I ever think there would be a quarterback drafting in the first round? Absolutely not. Well, especially not this soon. We've had a few people that were, I mean, we had Antonio Gandy-Golden that went fourth, third or fourth round a few years ago, and uh, I think the last person that got drafted was a guy that I played with. So 
it is this this is this is going to make liberty a lot of money and it's going to put liberty on the map and and more importantly um make a lot of make a huge impact in Malik Willis's life. Um, okay. Well, why don't we get to our options here? So, I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that the Vikings could go with, with my pick. And I, and I put out a questionnaire for everyone to fill out, to tell you what it says deep into your heart for what you actually think position wise, the Vikings can pick. Um, but I will, uh, I will let Eric go first here as I uh, mull my options of which way I want to go. So who are you picking at number 12 overall, Eric? Uh, I'll give you who I have available. How about that? Okay. Um, so the three corners went early, um, and that is Stingley, Gardner, and McDuffie. They all went in the first 11 picks. So I think a top-tier cornerback is not available. Um, there were no quarterbacks that went for me in the first 11. Oh. Um, so all the quarterbacks are available, and off time on. It's funny, right? Because this is the first year in a long time that the Vikings don't need a tackle, and it seems like most of the time when I do these these draft sims, there's one of the good tackles available at twelve. But it's coincidence or whatever, it's not the year we need to tackle. Um, so. The top couple guys available for me, uh, the Purdue edge rusher, George Karloftis, Ohio State wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, uh, the Central Michigan tackle, um, Devin Lloyd, Utah linebacker, and then, like I said, all the corner, all the, uh, the quarterback, excuse me. Um, so Matt said I can't trade, so I have to stay here at 12, uh, which is a bummer because in this case, for real, I would probably try to trade down. Um there are eight teams willing to trade, uh, beginning with New Orleans at 16. So I might I might think about that in real life. Um, but here, I, w- I will make a pick, um, and I will go with Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Oh, wow. um, and I know people think that – most people probably think that defense is the way to go. Um, I said last year at the end of the season on a show that defense was going to be our first-round pick. Um, but I give myself the right to change my mind, uh, and here's why. I think if you're going to run it all back like the Vikings are going to do, then you might as well go all in on offense and try to have the best offense you can because even though the defense, I think, will be better, it's not going to be the 2017 Vikings, right, it, or the 2018 or 2016 Vikings. It's not going to be a top-10 defense, I don't think. I think it's going to be vastly improved. It's not going to be at the bottom of the league. But even if you're a middle-tier defense, that's enough to get you into the playoff, as long as your offense is really, really good. And the Vikings have, on paper, plenty of pieces to have that top 10 offense. You know, with Kirk coming back and Dalvin, you know, I know you guys know all the names, JJ and Adam and Herb. You know, and I agree with you, Gabe, with what you said earlier about Amir Smith-Marset. And Matt, with what you said about KJ Osborne, I think both of those are good young receivers. But I think you have to load up on skill position players if you can. And Garrett Wilson, um, Drake London went already in this draft, but I think Garrett Wilson, from the people I've talked to, is the number one prospect at his position. Um, I talked to Jordan Reed, and he said that Wilson is his number one guy. And that he reminds them remind them a lot of Stefan Diggs, and that's a good comparison for Wilson. So I would just load up on offense, you know, try to score as many points as you can. 
Uh, the league is trending towards offense. It has been for a while now. Um, and with with Thielen, you know, even though his contract was reworked, he's not going to be here forever. And I think you do have to look a little bit down the road, you know, even though I think he's still going to make an impact this year, probably next year. But if you just, like I said, load up on wide receiver, give Kirk as many options as possible, try to try to stress out opposing defenses, opposing defensive coordinators as much as you can, I'm going to go with a wide receiver at number 12. Folks, Minnesota sports teams are competing for the playoffs, and it's time to load up on your Minnesota sports-inspired gear from Soda Stick. Use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER for 15% off your wildflower Marc-Andre Fleury design, or if you're excited for baseball, get your fast-as-buck Byron Buxton shirt or hoodie. Go to SodaStick.com, use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER for 15% off. All right. Well, you know, I support it uh, as far as uh, leaning into Kirk Cousins and giving him more options. And I think they haven't done that quite enough uh, in previous years. How about you, Gabe? What do you got? So so we're just going to ignore the fact that neither one of you guys believe defenses win championships. (laughs) If if that's the case, Garrett Wilson, I I would go there. But my, my draft board had Garrett Wilson going ninth overall to the Seattle Seahawks. So there's a trade between the Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos moved back one. Seahawks moved up one. And, well, no, no, no. The Seahawks moved back more. I mean, the, the Broncos moved back more because they traded with the, with the Jets. So nine is Garrett Wilson and 10 is Drake London. But similar to Eric, Derek Stanley and Ahmad Sauce Gardner were off my board. However, we know the cornerback is the number one priority for this Minnesota Vikings team, and Trent McDuffie was still on the board. So understanding that, Trent McDuffie, I, I, I like him a lot. A lot of people say he's an undersized corner. I mean, he's 5'11". He reminds me of Jair Alexander, runs a 4'4", really good in press man coverage. And we know this defense is going to be – well, Quasi Adolfo Mensa said in this press conference, this defense is set – it's built to make life easier on the cornerbacks. So I think a rookie cornerback is going to be able to make a lot of plays and be able to grow immensely in this, in this defense, just understanding – that is going to be a little bit more simpler and he's going to have the opportunity to learn from a guy in Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith. So I ended up going Trent McDuffie with my 12th overall pick. He was the best player available. Um, I think once you get past Derek Stingley, well, Sauce Gardner and then Derek Stingley, Trent McDuffie is, is the next best corner. And, and there's a, a good crop of corners this year. Um, but when you talk about the, those top two, Derek Stingley and Sauce Gardner, those guys are on a different level. So I'm I'm going with, I'm going to go with the next best player available, which is crazy because Matt, you uh Kyler, you were talking about Malik Willis going to Washington. He went to Washington on my draft simulator also. So uh, maybe maybe we're seeing a trend there. If if I would have known that, I would I would have traded up just to trade back again to get Malik. I mean, trade back again so another team can get Malik, Malik Willis. So I got Trent McDuffie and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I think with uh, Eric, if you ha- were taking uh, the 12th pick and didn't take Malik Willis, uh, I think you listened to my show enough to know I would bring it up forever. I just, uh, <laughs> it, especially if he became good, it would be like, remember when they could have taken Malik Willis? Um, but no, I, I get that. I get that. Um, I'll, I'll respond to that real quick. I just think with the extension with, with Kirk, you know, he's probably here for two years. And yes, he can be traded next year with it with his no trade clause. But 
I don't know that for sure. Kirk has to decide that. Right. So I would rather have a quarterback sit for one year than two. And Kirk's still going to be making a bunch of money next year. But if he does, if he doesn't waive it, no, no trade clause, then you're either he's either playing for you, starting right, and your rookie quarterback is in for a second year in a row, or you are starting your rookie or your second year quarterback, and you have a very expensive backup on the bench. So I thought about it for sure. You know, I just think that Kirk is the guy. You know, internally here for the next few years, so that's why I went with the receiver to hope Kirk, who will be here. Well, um, I think Gabe, if uh, they did draft Malik Willis, would jump through the roof for uh, his his fellow flame. Uh, uh, okay, so, well, since you took a receiver and made a very compelling argument for it, I won't take a receiver here. On my board, uh, Garrett Wilson did go before I could get to number 12, but Chris Olave is here and Drake London mm-hmm. is here, and I might lean that direction because I think it's the the way to go. But since you took receiver and made a good case, I will go with George Karlaftis from Purdue, the edge rusher. One of the reasons that I like him is that he's 275 pounds. And with a defense like this, that is the three, four base, what you like is guys who can line up right over the tackle or guys who can even kick inside a little bit um, to rush between the tackle and guard. I think that having somebody with a little more size and the numbers he put up were great. His pass rushing grades for PFF were really good. And his combine was really strong. Adding someone young who can come in after Daniil Hunter and Zadari Smith, but also help right away. I I think uh, you mentioned earlier, um, one of you mentioned earlier, the idea of just when Zadari Smith moves around, you have all these options. You can use them more like chess pieces and, and, and put them in different spots for pass rushing and I, and I just think that like it is an effective model to build yourself around pass rush because, Gabe, you mentioned defense wins championships, which what, what we've seen is that a defensive line can win a game in the playoffs. And you usually need that to happen. Is Whether it's the whole playoffs, probably not. But one game, you need your D-line to win. So I don't have any problem with them loading up on uh, defensive ends. So, all right, a successful, a successful first round. And since I have it on ultra speed, boop, we're in the second round, 46th <laughs> overall pick. Uh, Eric, what are you thinking here and who is available at number 46? Yeah. So let's see who's available here. Um, a couple linebackers are available. A couple edge guys, um, mostly linebackers and edge at the top uh, Wisconsin guy, a couple Oklahoma guys, um, but I'm going to go with the position that I did not address in the first round, which I still believe is the team's number one need now, and that is cornerback. And I'm going to go with Washington cornerback Kyler Gordon at number 46. Um, he's got pretty good size. He's six foot 200. Um, he played inside and outside, so he had versatility. And one thing, so I wrote about this earlier this week in the mailbag. Um, you can find on Vikings.com with Patrick Peterson coming back. It takes the pressure off of a young guy. If, if the Vikings were to draft one in the first three rounds, let's say, because first three rounds, you kind of expect that guy to either start or contribute early on. And this would be a good situation for, for Kyler Gordon or, or for any young cornerback to, to come in, you know, Peterson probably going to start um, at this point. Cam Dantzler is your other starter. And then uh, Shannon Sullivan is probably the starter in the nickel. So you already have your three starters per se, but there's no reason that Kyler Gordon 
can't come in and, and earn his way and earn playing time um, at his own pace. You know, like he doesn't have to start from day one. And, you know, P- uh, Peterson, what I was trying to get at, Peterson will be a mentor for him. Like I wrote in Mailbag that Peterson would be a mentor for Derek Tingley Jr., mostly because of that LSU connection and, you know, being a first round pick. But it doesn't matter what round uh, the cornerback is or, or could be drafted in. I think Peterson is going to play that mentor role. So um, I did not address corner in round one. I'm going to go with it in round two, and I'm going to go with Kyler Gordon uh, from Washington. Got to rep the Pac-12. <laughs> Phil and needs. Uh, well, I, I like the idea. Um, I also think that, you know, where I picked a defensive end, what you see in when I get to the second round is there are a lot of pass rushers that are still there that have that potential. So if they don't take – you know, a pass rusher and they take a corner, then you can have uh, that opportunity. But I, I like Gordon and I like his versatility. So I think that's a good pick. How about you, Gabe? Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm big on defense wins championships. And right when I'm getting to this point of the, the 46 overall pick, I have three guys that all made plays in college available. So I have Leo Chanel, which is the linebacker from Wisconsin, that I had over 90 tackles last year, eight sacks. And then I have Nick Bonito, the edge rusher from Oklahoma, who is everyone I was talking about can be a game-changing defensive end. And then on top of that, I have Brian Asamoah, a guy that a lot of people here in Minnesota have linked to the Vikings simply because of, you know, his fit. The, I mean, just, you know, his, his metrics, the way he fits with this scheme. He played in the 3-4 defense. I think he's six foot, about 240, ran a 4-5. And understanding – that this this Minnesota Vikings team doesn't really have much depth at linebacker outside of uh, the Blake Lynch, Blake Lynch's other worlds, um, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks. And I mean, a lot of people say Troy Dye needs to make another step in his career. So I, I do think the Vikings should go linebacker in this situation and add some depth. We, we know Eric Kendricks, he's getting older in age. He's, he's, well, he's not getting any younger. And granted, he's still playing at a high level. But if in, in my draft, I'm going to go with Leo Chennault just simply because of his, I mean, his PFF grade is a 91.7. The, the way he, he attacks the ball, he runs around the ball, he's a physical player. He's pretty good in coverage also. He had eight sacks, had an interception this past year. So I think he will he will be a guy that, that can learn and, and probably make an impact immediately, whether that's special teams or in certain packages where they put him in. And I think, you know, just you, you can never have enough linebackers in a 3-4 scheme. You, you have four. So having extra linebackers always helps when you're trying to to you know, sat, sub in and keep guys fresh. So Leo Chanel, linebacker from Wisconsin, is who I'm selecting with the 46th overall pick. This would have to be one where Kwesi comes out and says, now look, guys, we're not drafting for this year with our second-round pick. This is depth right away. But Jordan Hicks is not a long-term you know, free agent signing. It's not like he signed right. a five-year contract and he's 25 years old. Like he is kind of a placeholder at that position. Now I think that if there's edge rushers and receivers, which is what I'm going to take on the board at that time, I might lean in that direction rather than linebacker. Um, but I, I totally but, understand the logic of your pick, which is. But Leo which is Chanel, he, he played, he played a lot of outside linebacker too last year. They moved him inside and out. And I think a lot of those, his sacks and pressures came from rushing the quarterback. So um, a lot of people are comparing him to Micah Parsons, which I think is a, a reach. 
Um, but to have that comparison, I think that says a lot about how this guy can be versatile and used in this defense. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. you, you you're, you're using this pick for the future, but let's say someone goes down, you can plug and play this guy in and he can make plays immediately instead of just being put in a box as a, just a box linebacker. But also it feels like it's very Vic Fangio-ish and Ed Donatell is bringing a lot of that um, to, to have guys that are versatile, that, that it can yep. be outside linebackers, can be <clears throat> pass rushers, can play at other positions um, at the linebacker spot. And so if you're looking for that, it's like I saw that um, Mike McCarthy the other day was asked, like, why didn't you guys just have Micah Parsons just rush the passer? Like, dude, he was amazing at everything. I don't think they used them wrong. <laughs> he was one of the right. best defensive players in the league. Um, so that's a good point. If he could rush the passer, then that is kind of a, cha- uh, a game changer in terms of the opinion. I'm going to go Sky Moore here from Western Michigan, the wide receiver, somebody who has really um, risen up draft boards and made, uh, made a good impression. I think it was, was it the Senior Bowl where he really started to shine and you saw his name pop up quite a bit, uh, had a really good season last year, and is a, a guy who can play a lot in the slot, which I think is important for having guys in, in this system. Uh, we saw, of course, Cooper Cup is the ultimate example, and they're going to use Jefferson more in the slot, I'm sure of it, but guys who can all get into into the slot and make plays, so I'm going to go with uh, the wide receiver from Western Michigan there, Sky Moore. Now, the Vikings' uh, recent history of Western Michigan draft picks with Willie Beavers was not as great, but um, I don't think it has anything to do with Sky Moore. <laughs> okay, all right. One one more pick, guys. On to the third round, where um, now you have an opportunity to fill your final needs of fringe guys that might be able to play this year. So, Eric, why don't you kick us off with the third round? Uh, so there's some guys available here. Um, Kirby Joseph, the safety from Illinois. Dylan Parham, the guard from Memphis. I, I consider them both. But I'm going to give Bynum a chance to to win and earn that starting job. And that guard, I mean, maybe two weeks ago I would have drafted Parham, but there's just, it feels like there's just too many bodies there now for him to even really have a chance to compete. I mean, I, I understand having like two, three, four guys compete, but five, six guys competing for the starting right guard spot, probably probably not going to happen. Um, so even though, unlike Gabe, I do not believe that defense wins championships, I'm going to go defense here, and I'm going to go with the Kentucky edge rusher in Josh Pashal, I think is his name. Um, he, he's available there. He drinks 71st on PFF's big board, so pretty good value. Um, but what I like about him is that he's 6'3", and 278 so that's a little bit bigger than sort of the mold the vikings have drafted in recent years at defensive end um you know they've really tried to go as we all know for this daniel hunter clone type you know six three six four but more like 250 255 and kind of that long lean so um uh this kentucky guy has, has a little bit more beef on him you know it's around 280 and i think that's probably needed um whether he plays defensive end in, in the three, four, or whether he's outside linebacker. Um, I kind of like his size in, inside and there um, a little bit more. So I went offense round one, um, looking for the future and then corner in round two. And then round three, I will go with uh, defensive end. I would go with the Kentucky guy. Maybe he does believe defense wins championships. Uh, how about you, Gabe? 
Yeah, um, I know I went cornerback and then linebacker in my first two picks. And right now with the 77th overall pick, Carson Strong is on the board. Uh, linebacker Dar- Darian Beavers is on the board. Edge rusher Josh Pascal is on the board. And if if I was, I mean, if we could trade back, I would probably trade back just to find someone, you know, maybe a receiver or a bigger receiver or maybe a, a defensive end or something that that has made, you know, some some big time plays in college. But since I have to pick and I'm not Eric, I'm not going to go Carson Strong with this pick. I'm actually going to go Josh Pascal, edge rusher from uh, University of Kentucky. He had four sacks last year at Kentucky. Um, I think about 6'3", 270. Really good edge rusher. Ran a 4'6 at his pro day. So the guy can get around the corner, and this is another way for um, – another opportunity for him to learn behind a guy in Daniel Hunter is Darius Smith. And having those two guys to learn from on top of – I think it's Mike Daniels as the uh, pass rush coach here for the – Mike Smith, pass rush coach here for the Vikings. I think that uh, allows an opportunity for a guy and him to be able to um, come in and just – be a third down rusher or come in and, and make plays and keep keep legs fresh. So, I, like I said, if it, if it was a normal draft, I would probably trade down and try to get some more assets for this since, um, in my opinion, I don't think the Vikings need a quarterback right now in the draft. And Carson Strong has a, yeah, still, you know, a lot of medical problems. So I think that, w- that would be, you know, uh, high risk, maybe high reward, high risk, medium reward. So um, playing it safe and going edge rush. Mm. Uh, those inside Vikings building love Josh Paschal is uh, my Paschal. headline. At uh, if that's how it's pronounced, that's that, that, that I can see it on PFT now. Uh, I'm going to go with a corner, Marcus Jones, out of the University of Houston because I didn't pick a corner yet, and he has really good numbers, and that's my entire logic. He allowed a 53 passer rating into his coverage. He is kind of a playmaker. He got interceptions. He returned punts. Like, I think you want to see those guys make plays if you're going to draft them past the first round. Like, sometimes you could sell me on, oh, he didn't have picks because nobody threw at him. But if it's the third round guy, that's a little less uh, easy to believe. So I'm going to go with uh, Marcus Jones as my third round pick. So why don't we just uh, go around the uh, Zoom room here and make our case for why we think we had the best out of our three drafts. And then people can, I'll probably post them on Twitter, our three mocks and have people decide uh, which one they decided uh, was the best one. So PFF is currently grading my draft. I got an, I got an A for my draft. Uh, so Eric, why don't you make your case for why your draft sim was the best? Yeah, I got a B plus uh, and I'm very disappointed in myself because that's probably one of the lowest grades I've gotten in the last month. Um, I, I don't post my uh, my five or six draft sims that I do every day, but yeah, B plus, B plus is pretty low. So I'm uh, I'm kind of bummed out. Um, but why it's the best? Because you have the best wide receiver prospect in the draft, according to most people, I would say, on your team, and that will help fill a need both now and in the future. You know, it'll help Kirk Cousins in 2022. And in three or four years, maybe if that wide receiver room changes a bit, you'll still have Justin Jefferson, but you'll have another hopefully really good wide receiver on a rookie contract. Um, we know that cornerback depth is, is needed. Um, and while I didn't get a top tier guy, I think Kyler Gordon is still um, a pretty good player. And like I said, he didn't have to come in right away and start. Um, he could be a guy they can groom for the long term. And then, Josh Paschal, as you said, caller, um, I, I think they still need some help at, at uh, edge and, and defensive end. Um, 
he seems maybe a little bit raw. He has, has some good tools that the team can work with. Um, you know, there's a chance that none of these guys help out right away. And that's okay. You know, I think for a long time, you know, we would all agree the Vikings have tried to draft players who can help out in week one. And while I understand that, the moves they've made already show they're trying to win now. And, like, I feel like they, if it's going to be a competitive rebuild, you have to kind of shift it back a little bit and have some moves that go towards the future too. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I uh, kind of went with a, a future focus on my draft picks and, and why it is uh, number one. I'm on three <laughs> draft sims. <laughs> yeah. I make your well, case, Gabe. Collar, similar to you, I, I got to nail my my draft. So clearly our drafts are better than Eric's. Eric is thinking in the future. I think we, we, we kind of got a balance of now and the future. And um, I got an A-plus actually on Trent McDuffie. Like uh, the cornerback is the obvious hole here. And I think if Derek, like I said, if Derek Stingley's not there, he fits. He can play man-to-man. He can play zone. This defense is built for the cornerbacks for their job to be easier. So there's opportunities for him to thrive. And then um, with the linebacker from from Wisconsin, having him there as a, a guy that can be versatile, a guy that's already made plays, that that fits this defense already. That's more future, but there's a balance between him making plays now, but also being looked as a guy for the future when um, some of these older guys start to, you know, figure out what's next for their career. And then lastly, I had the edge rusher, Josh Paschel. I think he's a guy that's versatile, a guy that can make plays, a guy that can can learn from Daniil Hunter and and as a Darius Smith and be able to um, come in and, and, and make plays when, when asked upon. He's not going to be called to come in and start every down, but to keep those guys' legs fresh, I think he can do a really good job of that and learn from from some of the guys um, that's already in this building. So I went all defense, and that's why I think um, my draft is the best because if you haven't seen what the Vikings put on film last year or what the stat sheet looked at towards the end of the year, um, you you understand why I went all defense in the first three rounds. <laughs> well, uh, why I think mine is the best is because I kind of went best of both worlds, an immediate impact rusher in Karolaftis, an immediate impact wide receiver that also could be down the road effective for them as maybe a 1B or a number two to Justin Jefferson. Um, the bar for 1B, I guess, is very high, so probably a number two. And uh, then with a, with a project type of corner who comes from a, a little bit of a lesser – um, top university and uh, might have some potential there. I think when we get into the third, fourth, fifth rounds, giving actual hot takes on how good Marcus Jones is becomes much tougher, but at least on paper, uh, somebody that might have some potential. So clearly I won, but we'll create a, uh, we'll create, we'll create a Twitter poll and the objective Twitterers can decide whose uh, draft was the best. Well, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to get together with me to do this. We'll do this every year. We'll get together more often uh, this year. So back in locker rooms, fellas. I mean, how great is that for this year? I mean, just these last couple of years. Gabe, you moved here in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, you haven't been able to, to do like regular I, stuff. <laughs> this is this is the third year where I don't know what normal is. So this would be a brand new year for me trying to figure out, oh, oh this is what we this is what we do now. So I'm expecting more change in year four. So it's just more so just adapting to change and, and just having fun while doing so. But having guys back, having us all back in the locker room, able to be around the guys. And I think that that's what makes all of our content better because we're able to find those stories and 
guys are able to share other different things that they wouldn't share over over a Zoom screen. So it'll be all fun and games, and um, hopefully that 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 fun and games ultimately turns into wins for this Minnesota Vikings team. Well, uh, glad to have you here, Gabe and Eric. Best of luck to you and your wife uh, in having your baby. And sorry that you won't be able to uh, grind the tape immediately after the Vikings draft someone at 12th overall, potentially. So um, thank you guys so much for, for all the time. This was really fun. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it.